Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Let's get back to more of the Scores Draft Special featuring Chuck Swirsky and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Revolution Solar, proud partner of the Chicago Bears and Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. And it's 10.01 in the great city of Chicago, 50,000 watts of Bears and NFL power, 670 The Score. Chuck. Anthony, Sean, getting it done behind the glass. And let's go to the phone lines at 312-644-6767 because Darnell Wright is the newest member of the Chicago Bears, played football in Knoxville, the Big Orange from the University of Tennessee at the right tackle. Let's go to Andrew right now, calling from the Volunteer State. Andrew, how you doing? Doing well, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, By the way, I love both of you guys. Really appreciate you taking my call. Thank you, Andrew. It's nice um, of you to say. Uh, Darnell is a beast, guys. If you stick, if you keep him at right tackle, I've watched the team the last three years. He is a beast. Just keep him at right tackle. I think the Bears really love Braxton at left tackle. I think he's going to stay there. And if as long as you keep Darnell at right, guys, he is going to be great. Now, you saw him then. If you're watching him throughout his career, you saw him play some left tackle, some right tackle. It's a different offense at the Vols run there, Andrew. I mean, any concern about an NFL transition there? Not really because he had he, – guys, he was running with Hooker. Like, Hooker, he's not Justin. Let's not get that twisted. But he's Hooker was a similar style. And all Darnell did was just keep Hooker upright. And I like I get people are upset about maybe not potentially taking Carter, but guys, this is what we needed. This is this locks down the right side of the. I'm telling you, this locks down the right side of the line. He's really good. Right, what what impressed you the most? Because as a fan, obviously, and you follow Tennessee football as a fan, what can you tell us about him that stands out the most about his technique or just his approach to the game? He, he well. First of all, he, he's he's one of those guys that um, Poles and Eberflus are talking about. He, he's he's a gamer. He he loves the game, loves what he's doing. He will he he's a hundred percent. He will buy in. But what I loved about him, look what he did to Will. Look what he did to him. When Tennessee upset um, Alabama, he handled him. And and Will even said like he's the best tackle I've gone against. The guy is like, 
I get people are saying like Paris Johnson for left tackle, or like we need somebody for left tackle. If you want the perfect right tackle, he's the guy in this draft to be the perfect right tackle, in my opinion. All right, very good. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate you listening in Tennessee, and we welcome all of our calls, regardless if they're from the Chicagoland area or the state of Tennessee or SEC country, for that matter, who saw Darnell Wright play on the right tackle for the Volunteers, 312-644-6767. And we've got Darnell Wright. He had a chance to speak with members of the media just a few moments ago. Man, I mean, we talked about it. I'm not going to tell you everything we talked about, but we talked about a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of stuff that I need to work on, and there's a lot of stuff that I do that's really well. And I think, you know, it's it's rare that you get to go somewhere that you really get to get coached by somebody that you really like and that you really feel like can take your game to the next level. And that's what I feel like Simo could do for me. I mean, he's going to be – it's going to be – he already told me it's going to be hard, Like, but I never shot away from hard. I and I want to. I just want to get the best out of myself, and I think Coach Simo is going to be perfect for me. It's going to be, it's going to be perfect. I don't know. It's just going to be perfect. Darnell, what did it mean to you that the Bears selected you ahead of other offensive linemen who were projected to go before you? Yeah, I mean, I think the teams, the teams know what they're. You know, they they do this for a living. This is this is their job. You know what I mean? This is like they they know what they're doing, and they. I'm just happy that they believed in me and saw what I think a lot of people saw, but a lot of people maybe didn't think, but I just know, I'm just happy that they believed in me really just. Donna, where are you tonight and who else with you? Oh uh, yeah. I, in this room right now, hey. we got to, um, she's, um, Lisa, she works for my agency and upstairs I had a, a draft party with some of my family and my, uh, high school head co- or high school coach, um, head coach, high school line coach and some friends. So where are you exactly? Oh, you know, like a hotel, like rooftop, like, you know, like some food and stuff. Uh, the Hyatt, like a Hyatt hotel in Knoxville, Knoxville. Sorry. sorry. Darnell, you're here because the bears think you can be a guy who can help Justin Fields reach his potential. What excites you about the chance to, to block for him, to keep him clean and, and to work with him? Man, you know that's my that's my only plan. Like that's, that's 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 what I'm there for. Is for anything he needs is is that's my job to keep him clean. Um, amazing, amazing quarterback, and you know the things he does. Uh, it's gonna be we're gonna have a great team. Like we're gonna have very good team. It's just it's gonna be great. Uh, whatever I can do, no matter what that what that role is for the team, just it's, protecting him is gonna be. You know that's that's my job. So. All right, so that's uh, Darnell Wright saying all the right things and uh, uh-huh. very encouraging the fact that he wants to be coached, okay? Now, I, and there's no doubt that he uh, that I believe every word he said about, <laughs> listen, it's going to be hard. I welcome hard, you know? Yeah. I mean, th- this is the National Football League. I mean, you know how competitive it is. And you want guys who, who don't shirk that responsibility, who don't mind that level of competition. You know, we were going through some of the – the Big Ten NFL draft prospects in the previous segment here. Obviously, he played in the SEC. So when you have a guy who you can evaluate him against some of the top competitions, some of the greatest physical specimens that you're going to have at the collegiate level, 
then you at least know from a from an athleticism perspective he doesn't shy from that. He was a part of what allowed the Tennessee Volunteers to become to emerge as one of the top teams in America while Hendon Hooker was still healthy as their quarterback this past season. And so his development throughout his time in college, I mean, yeah, I, I would say this. We just saw Tevin Jenkins, the Bears drafted him in the second round last year, or actually, I mean, the previous regime uh, drafted him. And, you know, he came in, has had issues, had some health problems his last, his first couple of years in the NFL. But he's also a guy when he was at Oklahoma State that be, was kind of a late bloomer, really emerged late in his time at Oklahoma State. And you can make a similar case about Darnell Wright. This past season, he played his best football, and now he's become one of the top picks in the NFL draft. But he maximized, you know, his his physical capabilities, and he did so against some of the best competition in the country. Prior to this past season, he was a guy who flashed at times, and now what we just saw this past year, he was one of the best offensive linemen in America. And as a right tackle, you know, his his athleticism isn't going to be quite the same as some of the other guys. But really, I, I love what this pick does for the Bears because it feels to me like it it solidifies a level of comfort with their O-line. I've been power ranking for the last couple of weeks. They're just telling people I saw the defensive line. I still see the D-line for the Bears as the most important position for them to continue to bolster, the position that needs more additional talent more than any other. I saw the offensive line as the number two in that spot. And then the running back position, I think they could use some more explosive talent there in the backfield with, uh, you know, alongside with Justin Fields. But the offensive line, they definitely needed help there. And at least now, you can scheme around certain things on the O-line, but they needed a right tackle, and now it seems like they have one. Again, for those of you who just joined us, that's Anthony Heron, former great star at the University of Iowa, had a Bolingbrook, Illinois, played with four NFL teams, coached in the Arena Football League, does a fantastic job on 670 The Score and the Big Ten Network as an analyst and also in the studio. And repeating the storyline, the Bears in Philadelphia flip. 9 and 10, Jalen Carter goes to Philadelphia at 9. Darnell Wright out of Tennessee, the right tackle, goes to the Bears. Bears get Philadelphia's fourth-round pick next season. Number one pick, Bryce Young out of Alabama, going to Carolina. C.J. Stroud, number two overall to Houston. Houston then makes a major, major deal with Arizona for a bevy of picks. And Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama is now property of the Texans. Elsewhere in the National Football League, Lamar Jackson earlier in the day signs to become the highest paid player in the National Football League, $52 million a year. He signs an overall deal worth $260 million. White Sox lose again, Cubs in the win column, and the Celtics eliminate Atlanta in the NBA. And uh, you know what, Anthony? Uh, we have another pick. The Giants have taken a Big Ten quarterback from the University of Maryland, Deontay Banks. What can you tell me about him? Good player. Uh, a guy who I, I used the term feisty earlier with Devin Witherspoon. And Devin Witherspoon was always kind of a gritty, feisty guy throughout the entirety of his career. Deontay Banks emerged as that more and more every season in College Park. And Maryland had a new defensive coordinator this past season, Brian Williams, who was a defensive line coach by trade, but hadn't been their defensive play caller until really this past season. And Deontay Banks really emerged this year as a guy on the outside of corner, challenging some of the best receivers. You watch him against, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State, best receiver in America this past year, playing with, you know, the statistically the best passing offense in the country in Ohio State. And Marvin Harrison Jr. really struggled at times against Deontay Banks. 
and Maryland, and some of that was just in pure man coverage. Deontay Banks didn't, didn't mind challenging anyone across from him, and it's underrated how important run support can be for a defensive back because I think a lot of us just kind of grew up watching a guy like Deion Sanders play and thinking of cover corners, and coverage is certainly going to be more important at corner, but Deontay Banks will come up and support the run as well. He will rock your world as a hitter, and that's important because the NFL has now picked up so many of the college principles where there's a lot of these screen passes, swing passes, now routes that people are running on the outside. Deontay Banks will come up and make those hits. I'll tell you who's going to rock your world. Joe Burrow's next contract. Oh, yeah. Now, if you think Lamar getting Jackson paid. is getting paid yeah. as he did today, you wait until Joe Burrow walks into the Bengals front office right. and says, hey, <laughs> my guess turn. what? It's my, my turn, turn, and I'd like a piece of this franchise. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to the phone lines. And, uh, Dave, I love your patience. I appreciate it. You're on 670 The Score. Hi, Chuck. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. You're on with Anthony Heron. Okay, I like the pick that the Bears got. And, like, I think there are, are there a few holes to fill in. And there's another thing to ask you. With Aaron Rodgers gone, how do you like the Bears' chances in the, in the division? Okay, so let's, let's take that, that storyline first. Uh, David, thank you. So let's say the, the Bears get picks, Lions get picks, mm. Minnesota, so on and so forth. If the season were to start today, who would be the team to beat in the NFC North? Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, the Lions, without a doubt. Is it a, is it is there a gap gap or is it a, just a little would, bit of a margin of? I I, th- I think it's a little bit of a margin because they're they're still the Lions and so it you know it doesn't roll off the tongue that easy to say that Detroit is the favorite in the division. But so you don't think the second half was a fluke? You think they're I the don't. real deal? No, I I think that's a team that's growing and emerging. Not only the talent on the roster, and I mean. By comparison, you look at the games the Bears played against Detroit, games the Bears could have won, certainly, but just the playmakers available to Detroit, I mean, multiple running backs, more explosive than the running backs the Bears have, an exceptionally talented and mostly young you, offensive line. Do you like line. what they did today with uh, Gibbs out of Alabama, the running I back? I do, yeah. You, you bolster and, you know, David Montgomery goes from Chicago yep. to Detroit, so we know a quality player David Montgomery is, and then you add that Jameer Gibbs speed to the backfield as well. And so Detroit just continues to bolster positions that already were, were playing at a fairly high level for them. And they've got, and you know, we can throw all the slings and arrows at Jared Goff that we want to statistically, he put up an exceptional year last season, won a lot of games, finished on a really high note. A lot of play action, right? Yep. Lots of play action. And that's a good thing. You yep. know, take some pressure off Absolutely. the quarterback. There's no doubt about that. In because my I mind. was concerned about Goff's career, actually. A lot of people were. In the last year or so with the Rams. A lot of people yeah. were. And, you know, he, he took the Rams to a Super Bowl appearance. Yep. And I just think there's, just like in the NBA, not everyone's LeBron, not everyone's Giannis. And, you know, yeah, Giannis fizzled, you know, last yep. night or whatever it I was. It. But, but you know what? There's, there's superhumans. And yeah. then there's, there's just above-average players. I think Jared Goff is no doubt a well-above-average quarterback in the NFL. And, frankly, C.J. Stroud, that's the comp I've made for C.J. Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud will be a Jared Goff-level quarterback, at least in the NFL, a guy where put him in a good offensive system with good talent around him. He's going to put up huge numbers. I don't think he's a Joe Burrow type that just flourishes regardless of his surrounding cast or regardless of the surrounding situation or what Aaron Rodgers has become, you know, just one of these guys who can just kind of make it happen regardless of what's around him. I don't think C.J. Stroud is that, but C.J. Stroud with some playmakers in a good offense – I think he's going to light up the NFL for years to come. And, you know, 
we'll, we'll see who else can become that. But that's where I think Detroit, having Jared Goff, they got good receivers, good running back, a willingness to run the football and use play action to your point. Jared Goff can flourish in that, and he did last year. Good enough. David, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Continue listening. We're on the air until midnight. And again, tomorrow night right here on 670, the score rounds two and three. And we'll have it uh, live coverage right here on 670, the score immediately following Cubs and Marlins baseball from South Florida. Let's go to Everett. Everett, you're on 670, the score. Welcome to our NFL draft coverage. How you guys doing? Good, Everett. Good. Hey, man. Um, uh, first thing I want to say is, you know, when the Bears first drafted this guy out of Tennessee, I didn't like the pick. <laughs> but hearing him talk, his enthusiasm, I'm excited about it. My concern about the Bears is the backup quarterback situation. How do you guys feel about that? Because I don't feel like we have an adequate backup. If Justin Field goes down, then what happens? We got a game manager coming in? How do you guys <laughs> feel about that? I'd, I'd say it's a valid concern that's kind of further down my totem pole of concerns for the Bears right now. The Bears have they have so many needs as starters to play much better to be at a higher level than where the roster's at right now. So, I mean, I, you know, I get his point where we've seen season after season Justin Fields has missed a game or more over a couple of years here in his young NFL career. So there's a chance Justin Fields continues to miss some time here. But I think, yes, it is worthy of being concerned about the backup quarterback. That's just kind of well down my list of concerns for the Bears roster right now. Yeah, thank you for the call. So, Anthony, let me let me ask you a question. Yeah. I'm going to put you – in the room. Yeah, Chuck Swirsky, Hall of Famer, asking me yeah. a question no, right now. What's I'm, up, Chuck? I'm serious. I'm listening, When you man. go into a season, when they have coaches meetings and they're meeting with the general manager and player personnel directors, evaluating quarterbacks, do you say to yourself, you know what, if we can get 12, 13 games out of Justin Fields, we, we can live with that, okay? <laughs> or or do, do you think teams think that way about their quarterbacks, saying, listen, the way this league is going and how big and strong and physical and how violent these players are becoming, coming off the edge, you know, we can't afford our starting quarterback to only play eight to 10 games, but if we can get 13 out of them, I can live with that. Is that, do you think they have that mindset or? Yes, that that's becoming more of the conversation, especially as offenses continue to evolve around the NFL. Now a quarterback can get hurt in the pocket, a quarterback can get hurt on the run, a quarterback can get yes. hurt extending a play. But that being said, it does feel like, you know, you're, you're certainly by rule less protected when you tuck the ball and start to treat yourself like a running back and you're more susceptible to some vicious and violent hits. Um, so, yes, it's becoming more of a conversation for teams around the league and recognizing that he may miss a game or two, you know, supposedly, reportedly, it's part of what the Ravens were, were a little bit hesitant to give Lamar Jackson the, the historic contract that they end up giving him. But they, but they really didn't there. have a choice to do that either. They didn't leave themselves a whole lot of choice, no, they did didn't. they, with, with the way that the negotiation had been going down here. So they eventually come to terms there. But, you know, for quarterbacks around the league, and, you know, not even just the guys who are viewed as, you know, what I term as second reaction guys, mobile quarterbacks, guys who, who put the defense in situations where they know the play will be extended, then, you know, how do you – how do you react to that on the other side of the ball? You're likely going to try to take every opportunity you can to knock that guy out of the game. That yep. was my job as a defender. I get it. Offensive coaches, it. organizations, they recognize that. They're certainly hoping for 17 games out of the QB, but recognizing that, yeah, he may miss a couple of games. But beyond that, they're still thinking in seasons 
more than games. Well, because you know, if, if you don't have a quarterback, you might as well just decide, you know what, every year we're going to be picking the top 10. Mm-hmm. Because you need Unless a, you're San Francisco. The 49ers, unless, somehow Kyle somehow, Shanahan is like way, the only yeah. QB-proof coach. But other than All that, right. everybody needs one. Correct. And that's why this, this year for Justin is huge. Because if he plays above his expectations, and he doesn't need to have a great, great season – but if he has on a scale of 1 to 10, about a 7, mm-hmm. he's going to put himself in a position where he's eligible for an extension. Right. And the way these quarterbacks are being paid now, he's going to be making $100 million. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a whole lot of digits in that bank account. I will account. never begrudge a player. God bless Lamar Jackson. Right. You know what? It teetered on whether or not he was going to be a Raven, uh-huh. whether or not what's happening. You got Moody. The, you know, the Ravens and their owners, Steve Piscotti, you know, said, well, I mean, what do we do here? It's a lot of money. Well, guess what? You're in the business of making money, and you're going to have to pay players, All right. whether you like it or not, you know? Yeah. That's why they call quarterbacks franchise generational talents. Uh-huh. And, okay. you know, I mean, what we just saw this past season from Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia with the Eagles, where the year before, two years in, two years in a lot of folks were wondering if Jalen Hurts was a guy who the Eagles – might need to move on from. Then he proved himself this past yeah. season. Now he's gotten his big payday. We'll see if Justin and, Fields goes and, down and that road, too. one thing you're going to have to realize that Patrick Mahomes got a huge deal two years ago. Mm-hmm. And now it's outdated. I right. mean, he's still making major yeah. coin uh-huh. and a lot of sugar. But the truth <laughs> of the matter is, Joe Burrow's going to wipe out anything Lamar Jackson just signed today, Anthony. Yeah, seems that way. And he, Joe Burrow plays for a franchise that didn't, isn't known for cutting the big check, but they got, like you said, with Baltimore. Yep. Bengals got no other choice. It's man. like they the pecking pay order in the history of the Packer franchise. Mm-hmm. When they sign you, Reggie White, the spirit of Reggie White says, hey, <laughs> right. I'm up here. Uh-huh. And guess what? Yeah. Yep. The, uh, the market's getting reset over and yes, over again. Joe is. Burrow, Justin Herbert with the Chargers. He's yes. going to do his he, thing pretty soon here, too. Yep. All right. We're, uh, listen, we are having so much fun. We're going to Who's take got it better calls. than us, Chuck? Yep. Nobody. That's right. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. More on Darnell Wright, the uh, first round pick by the Bears drafted 10th overall. Well, also, Anthony's going to update. Yes, hail to the victors. Michigan (laughs) has a player taken in the first round. They're dancing in the streets in Ann Arbor, Michigan. They're having a party in the big house. Anthony Heron will tell you who got picked and where. Coming up next right here on 670 The Score. You said you were shocked. Can you kind of just describe the emotions that you've been experiencing here uh, on this? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Night and, and with the call that came in. Man, I, if I try to describe it, I don't even know what I say. I'm sitting here, I don't even know the words. I'm just I'm in shock. I don't know. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm really happy. All right, that is the voice of Darnell Wright, drafted 10th overall by the Chicago Bears out of the University of Tennessee. More on Darnell in a moment. But uh, Anthony Heron, former star at the University of Iowa. You hear him on 670 The Score, the Big Ten Network. And uh, Anthony has the latest on Big Ten selections with the 27th pick overall uh, taken by the Dallas Cowboys is... Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle from the University of Michigan. Go blue, Chuck Spurs. You got your Michigan hat on right now. (laughs) Hail to the concrete. Former voice of the Wolverines. Well, tell me about Smith. So Mozzie Smith is a guy who's a I I I term him as a block eater. You know, he's just one of these guys who who will take up a single team and press the gap of the offensive lineman, press his body into the gap. He'll take on a double team and not allow guys good to get technique? up to the second level. Extremely good bulldog? technician. Uh, both, frankly, both. He, he's a, a bulldog with excellent technique. You know, he plays with good leverage, gets his hands inside the offensive line and just can't get moved off the point of attack. So he's really effective in that regard. Now, he's not one of these guys who's going to be kind of a one-gap penetrator in the backfield. So he, he wouldn't have suited what the Bears were looking for, per se. He's not necessarily a statistically a big-time playmaker from a, a sack perspective, but but he's really good at the point of attack. He stacks, he sheds, he can make tackles, but he's not necessarily like a big-time sack artist. But he'll he'll have linebackers roaming free behind him in Dallas. So yeah. the Cowboys should well, be excited. You know, one thing about the Dallas Cowboys, they always <laughs> glorify picks. Yeah. Uh-huh, right, there got the go. victors playing there for Chuck. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, start with uh, what's going on in the Big Ten here in the first round with four picks left in the first round. Again, uh, this is only tonight, first-round selections, two and three rounds tomorrow. You'll hear it right here on 670 The Score. Anthony, it's all yours. And as the first round comes to an end, because Chuck and I will be with you until midnight tonight, we will hear from Ryan Poles, Bears general manager, uh, later on in the show as well once he addresses the media. But first Big Ten prospect that came off the board earlier, second overall pick was Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. Made a lot of sense for the Houston Texans to go up and nab him once he came off the board. I wasn't surprised by that, but some folks may have been. Then Devin Witherspoon, the highest drafted defensive back in Illini history. I know Illinois coach Brett Bielema very excited to see Devin Witherspoon go at number five to the Seattle Seahawks, seeing if they can rebuild that legion of boom. Devin Witherspoon at number five to the Seahawks. Then very next pick, number six overall, Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State, the Ohio State University. First offensive tackle, first offensive lineman to come off the board tonight. He went at number six to the Arizona Cardinals. Then moving down to number 11 is where another Big Ten prospect came off the board. Peter Skaronski, that Northwestern offensive tackle. We were wondering who it would be. Paris Johnson came off a few picks earlier than Peter Skaronsky comes off the board just after the Chicago Bears took Darnell Wright at number 10, a right tackle. Peter Skaronsky expected to be a left tackle for the Tennessee Titans. He came off at number 11. Then one of my Hawkeyes, one of the Hawkeyes that got drafted in the first round tonight, Lucas Van Ness, defensive lineman 
a redshirt sophomore. So he only played two varsity seasons for the Hawkeyes. Just a very green, very raw, moldable lump of clay with all the physical tools in the world. Green Bay Packers nab him at number 13. Then another Big Ten prospect. The next Big Ten guy to come off the board was another Hawkeye. Linebacker Jack Campbell. Built like Brian Erlacher at 6'5", 250. Doesn't quite move like him, but he is a playmaker. The Detroit Lions nabbed Jack Campbell to play the inside linebacker position for them. Next Big Ten guy to come off was at number 20, JSN. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, the first receiver that came off the board in tonight's NFL draft. The Seattle Seahawks took him with the 20th pick. And then we had, well, future Big Ten prospects ends up being USC. They're not in the Big Ten yet, though, so Maryland. Right, not yet. Deontay Banks was the next Big Ten player to come off the board at 25 to the New York Giants. He out of Maryland. He a cornerback. He will add physicality over there in New York City. And then Chuck's team, the Michigan Wolverines, they had a defensive tackle, a defensive lineman. Mozzie Smith came off the board at number 27 to the Cowboys. By the way, speaking of the uh, Illini, don't be surprised if they uh, win the division next year. I think Agreed. they've got a shot. That Big Ten shot. West. Yeah, I could yep. not agree more. Illinois is going to be right there in the mix. Uh, again, Darnell Wright uh, taken by the Bears, University of Tennessee. He's out of Huntington, West Virginia. Billy Seals was his high school coach. And, you know, we're not talking about a guy that goes to Tennessee as a three-star and he wound up being the 10th overall pick. This guy was a five-star recruit. You saw him play, Anthony during that uh, All-America game, the Under Armour All-America game. So we're talking about a major, major recruit going to the University of Tennessee, doing a fantastic job for the volunteers. Here's Billy Seals talking about his protege in Darnell Wright. He, he did not play any any middle school football, just due to his age. He didn't have to. And, um, you know, he was obviously much larger than most of the kids he was playing against. And, um, you know, first day of practice, he comes in, says, you know, I'm a tight end. And, you know, we kind of left him there a little bit during his freshman year. And uh, at that time, we had a really good right tackle, uh, Billy Ross, who ended up going to the University of North Carolina. And they became really close friends. And we just felt like that for Darnell with his length and his athletic ability that we felt like that left tackle was, you know, at that time in his career going to be the best move for him later on in life. And, uh you know, it looks like we were right in that that uh, assumption. Speed of the game has changed over the years, and uh, it's a lot more athletic, and you got to be able to play in space and all those things. So, you know, I think it's all about measurables. Obviously, with Darnell, he's you know, six five and a half, three thirty five, runs well, moves his feet well. He's got good length. He's powerful. So, uh, you know, he 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 just had all the tools. He has always been a team first guy. I mean, you look at his career at Tennessee. Um, they needed him to play left tackle as a junior. He slid over the left side. Uh, they needed him to slide back to right last year. He slid back to right. So, you know, the big thing with him, he's always team first, and he's going to do whatever it takes to make his team successful. All right, we've got uh, Chris Sims standing by in just a moment from NBC Sports talking about uh, Darnell Wright from Tennessee. So, Anthony Heron, he's 6'5", 6'6", 335 pounds, now, again, I, I don't have any intel information on what the Bears plan to do with this weight, but what, what's, the, what's the going rate, so to speak, for a right tackle? How much should he weigh and take it from there? I think that for the way the Bears operate offensively, they, they do love their guys to be mobile. And so 335, I would say that Darnell Wright moves well for his size. 
do the Bears see him as a guy who they would maybe want to, want him to change his body composition a little bit? We've seen Larry Borm. Now, this was after his rookie year with the previous regime, but Larry Borm did come in and reshape his body a little bit. Now, John L. Wright strikes me as a guy who who is more than capable of doing that physically for perhaps, you know, slendering himself a little bit. But, you know, mass isn't all bad. You, you just need to be able to control it and to move around. So, I mean, you know, from a sheer body mass perspective, I would say even if he maintains being 330 plus, but perhaps just gets a, l- a little more dense, you know, trims some of the fat perhaps, for, for lack of a better term, then the mobility is what's going to be even more more vital, more key than whether or not he actually ends up losing weight because the Bears do like their offensive linemen to really be able to show a level of suddenness and quickness to be able to have times at the second level for linebackers at the third level for DBs with some of these quick passes and now routes that they like to run in the screen game. All right, so he goes to camp, and you know, in the NBA, for example, if you ask any rookie, and you say, what's the biggest difference between college and pro? First game, hey, speed of the game. Hmm. If you ask a baseball player, what's the big difference between minor leagues and the show? And especially for a hitter, they'll say, man, you know what? We saw a pitcher or two in the minor leagues, and they had good breaking stuff, but not like it is here, where these guys know how to you know, just throw incredible breaking balls. So... What what would you recommend as far as Darnell Wright when he comes into camp? What's going to be the big thing that all of a sudden is it's, he's the light bulb's going to go on and he goes, wow. The jump from high school to major college football, the physical jump is a much bigger jump as far as the physical jump from high school to major college football than it is going from major college football. You're playing in the SEC like Darnell Wright, playing in the Big Ten like a lot of the other prospects we're talking about here. The physical jump, from a conference like the SEC to the NFL, the physical jump, well, it's certainly there, but it's not as overwhelming as the high school to major college jump. It's the mental jump in the NFL, and especially with the offense that Darnell Wright played in at Tennessee. There's not a lot of verbiage. There's, frankly, not a wide volume of plays in Josh Heupel's offense that they were just running at Tennessee. That's part of the concern for the quarterback, Hendon Hooker, who – is exceptionally physically gifted and a really tough guy and mobile. And one of the callers was referencing that a little bit earlier when I think the caller's name was Andrew, who watched Darnell Wright in college. And he was talking about him running alongside Hendon Hooker. But the offensive system itself is not complex at all at Tennessee. And we think about that through the lens of the quarterback and that mental jump the QB has to take to be able to pick up the entire so volume of an NFL playbook. playbook. When he gets the right. playbook. Yeah, he goes, oh my goodness. there's going to be volume to the Bears playbook that goes beyond anything that Darnell Wright has ever experienced in his in his entire life. And for an offensive lineman, where you have to be able to to identify landmarks, and he's not the center, he's not going to set protections or anything, that, but, but he's got to be able to. When you went into your first NFL camp, mm-hmm. okay, and you were given the playbook, I mean, like, were you overwhelmed? Were you like intimidated by all this? And say, you mean I mean, I it certainly be- can be. You know, I'm a I'm a super smart guy. I'm a genius, so it didn't bother me one bit. But I think you know, for for a Darnell Wright, who knows? Because of the offense he was in in college was so, it was so linear. It was so, it was the every play was defined for you just by a couple of different key words essentially with the offense that Josh Heupel, his head coach, was calling at Tennessee. And this is going to be so different. The verbiage is going to be so much more expansive. The amount of plays, the adjustments to those plays that have to happen at a moment's notice, and especially when you're going to be one of these guys who are you know, assigned with being able to protect the edge when someone's trying to pass rush or blitz packages coming at you and Justin Fields is running around in the backfield wanting to feel comfortable, wanting to feel sound. I would say that 
will be the bigger jump for Darnell Wright, more so than the physical jump. Because like we were talking about, Will Anderson from Alabama, he's faced that guy. He's faced Jalen Carter. He's faced some of these great players that are there that will be in the NFL in the seasons to come. The mental jump will be key for Darnell Wright. All right, more calls coming up. 312-644-6760. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We got uh, Mike on the line from Rockford in a moment. Daniel from Chicago. We're going to hear from Chris Sims of NBC Sports on the Bears' number one pick, Darnell Wright, and more calls, more conversation, more picks, right here on 670 The Score. Let's get back to more of The Score's draft special, featuring Chuck Swirsky and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Revolution Solar, proud partner of the Chicago Bears, and Sports Radio 670 The Score, and always live on the free Odyssey app. My, my top tackle is Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Uh, he started 42 games for the Volunteers. He's played left tackle, shut out guys like Trayvon Walker last year, the number one pick, eliminated Will Anderson. Um, you know, he's 340 pounds. He ran a five flat. Like, he mauls people. He's got a nasty disposition. I don't know. Like, I think I think he, maybe in five years from now, he's not the best. But he's going to be good, though. All right, that is uh, Brian Baldinger from Odyssey Sports. On the Bears' number one pick, drafted 10th overall, Darnell Wright. Also, Chris Sims of NBC Sports has some thoughts on the Bears' selection. I think the best part is he has played left tackle in college, but his final year in college, he played right tackle. Right. And he's your number one guy, and that is. Yes, it is Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Right. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about him here, too. You know, but one, I'm, I'm again, anybody that knows me, I'm a little bit of a lover of the big guy at this position. I love, you know, this, this is like, you know, length is not super long as compared to what we've seen some tackles and the elite tackles in football have, you know, but the feet are good and they're not greasy good, but it's the power and strength that I'm a believer in. You know, that's what I love. You know, there's two things that I love about Darnell Wright. You're not going to win the power rush against him. Speed to power. Can't get through him. You're not going to get through him. Even when the, one of the last even one of the last lines I wrote about the guy I wrote, even when he loses, he wins, right? And what I mean by that is every now and then somebody'll get the edge on him and you're go, "Oh, Mo, he's going to let somebody out." And he somehow gets him to the ground or has some quick move that gets him out of trouble or whatever. But I love his anchor. Okay, and then I loved, out of all the tackles, I think he was the best at just overpowering people in the run game and digging people out. Like, oh, you're in front of me. I'm going to dig you out, mano-a-mano here, and I'm going to move you backwards. So that's where I like Darnell Wright, and that's why he's my number one tackle. Von Miller lines up on both sides. It doesn't matter anymore, right? So uh, I definitely think he can make left tackle, but from, yes, our traditional thoughts of right tackle and what that's supposed to be yeah he fits that mold more than your traditional left tackle all right that is uh, chris sims talking about the bears number one pick darnell Wright in uh, 2022 this past season run block snaps 388 pass block snaps 507 
zero sacks given up by Darnell Wright. I mean, sometimes stats can be misleading, Anthony. <laughs> In this case, that is the real deal. He's That's a good impressive. football player. He's a good football player. And it's, um, you know, Chris Sims, quarterback, talking offensive line play. So some of the, the terms, some of the verbiage isn't always going to be completely on point. But, you know, he's impressed with Darnell Wright for for very, very good reason. And, you know, I referenced earlier in the show that – the sound that Sean played there coming out of break with Brian Baldinger, who obviously was an offensive lineman in the NFL for a long time, one of our Odyssey insiders, and Baldy was on the station the early earlier in the week talking about how he felt like Darnell Wright was the best, purely just the best lineman in the draft, not even the best right tackle specifically. I'd say best right tackle, but you know, Baldy feel like he's the best best tackle, best offensive lineman bar none in this draft. And that's high praise coming from a guy like Brian Baldinger. And, you know, I, I feel like the the potential for that is certainly there. He's not I think he's a similar athlete to Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. He has played right tackle. The Bears need a right tackle. He was a bit of more of a late bloomer where Peter Skaronsky came in from jump and was a guy who was a dominant high school player and then immediately became a dominant college player and was that for three seasons in Evanston. Darnell Wright, he seems like a guy who played excellent football this past season and also that developmental arc. Maybe that ceiling is viewed as being perhaps even a bit higher than a Peter Skaronsky, and the Bears have watched him on film playing right tackle, like a reference, though, in an offensive system that has, doesn't have all the the NFL principles to it. Um, for, from a projection perspective, you see what they love in Darnell Wright. It is a bit more of a projection with him than it would have been if Paris Johnson Jr. would have fallen there or if they would have perhaps taken a Peter Skaronsky. That projection would have been more so projecting Skaronsky left to right versus watching Darnell Wright on film. He's a right tackle. And you've seen at least moments of the dominance that's there and him against very high-level competition getting it done. You're listening to live coverage right here on 670 The Score on the Bears draft, the NFL draft. It's down to the final selection. Kansas City is on the clock. We hope to be hearing from Ryan Poles between now and midnight right here on 670 The Score. Until then, we have lots of great calls. And, and before we get back out to the phone lines, just from a, a newsy perspective, I'll say this. I've been talking about Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback, yes. who's still on the board yes, he is. at the moment. And, you know, I'm I'm not necessarily surprised that Will Levis is still sitting there. There was the other day, and I don't know how much sports wagering you do, Chuck, but, I mean, Zero. there was there, there was a moment <laughs> where the betting lines moved. Where it was like 6,000 to 1 over the weekend that Will Levis was going to be the number one overall pick. And then overnight – like some of the, I don't know, some, uh, honestly, some geeks out th- there. Honestly, I, I thought he was going to the Colts. Well, and frankly, that was a part of the conversation. Maybe after the top couple of guys come off the board, after Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are both gone, maybe Will Levis, that third guy, maybe even you know the fourth guy, something like that, and the Colts perhaps fell in love with him. But the betting lines ended up moving so drastically overnight coming off the weekend that there was some conversation, wait a minute. Is Carolina legitimately going to draft Will Levis? A lot of folks are swept up in that for about, you know, 24 to 36 hours before everybody kind of realized, wait a minute, no, that, that was just somebody so kind of gaming the drafted, system. He's, he's another one of these moldable lumps of clay when it comes down to it. that. That's what, what some of these guys mean? are just really raw in their skill okay. set. Will Levis has not, has not been a guy who's shown he can consistently drop back in the pocket, read defenses, and deliver the ball with accuracy. Doing that in Kentucky's offense isn't something he did. He, he didn't start over Sean Clifford while he was at Penn State. That's why Will Levis. We were talking about the transfer portal a little bit off the air. That was why Will Levis transferred from Penn State, where Sean Clifford was starting over him. Not as physically gifted as Will Levis, but 
just a guy who was just a better quarterback at that point in his development than Levis was. Levis transfers to Kentucky, multi-year starter, excellent athlete, big arm, won some games for the Wildcats, but from an NFL projection perspective, it is a projection because his accuracy was very inconsistent, decision-making was inconsistent, and he's a guy who just started kind of running around looking for plays to make when he wasn't sure where to go with the football, and he did, you know, to his credit, played through some injuries this past season, was a little banged up, but I, I haven't seen Will Levis as the guy that a lot of folks have talked about in their evaluation of him thinking the arm strength and the athleticism would be enough to sort of push him over the top in his eval. The film just says he's not a guy who reads the field at a very high level. So how elite are his physical traits? He's not Anthony Richardson as an athlete. He's not Anthony Richardson from an arm strength perspective. So that's where Anthony Richardson is so elite as an athlete yeah. that the concerning part of his film, you're willing to overlook that if you're the Colts and say, man, if we can tap into even part of that, we might have a generational guy. Yeah, it's by the way, Anthony. It's Anthony Richardson, Chuck Sky. Okay, <laughs> right. because that's my guy. Yeah, okay? uh, I love him. Right, Anthony Chuck Sky Richardson. That's, yeah, right. that's his there middle name. Go. Yeah. It's going to be on his jersey. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, all right, let's go to the phone lines. By the way, um, sixty seconds before we go to the phones. Yeah. Rounds two and three. Mm -hmm. All right, what positions do you think the Bears are looking at? Uh, really, really good question. I'm, I'm glad you asked me that, Chuck, because as far as what's on the board right now, there's still some quality defensive linemen that are there that are going to be available to Chicago. My hope, if there was a player I was hoping that might have ended up being there, that isn't with, with very good reason. Like, Kalaja Kansi is a player who I thought, all right, out of pit, is he because he's very diminutive in stature? Would he potentially be one of these guys that just falls down the board? Somebody passes on him, doesn't take the advantage of the opportunity he to draft to one of these guys. He did. And I think he's going to wreck yeah. shop in the NFL, even though, like I joked the other day, he's no bigger than Lawrence Holmes playing defensive tackle in the NFL. But he's just <laughs> he's one of these guys who just plays with the urgency, with the temperament that you hope for at that position. But – Bears need some D-linemen. The Bears really need some help on their D-line. And so I, I think that in rounds two, rounds three, that, that's likely where the Bears are going to target. Here's one of the issues with what's going to be on the board on the D-line. How many of these guys are players who you think will have the potential to come in and be immediately effective for what the Bears need? Like Keanu Benton is going to be one of the best players available on the board the way it's looking right now, defensive tackle from Wisconsin. He doesn't necessarily suit what the Bears need, though. Keanu Benton wasn't a one-gap penetrator for the Badgers. He's more of one of these Mozzie Smith-type block eaters as far as what he was really effective at for Wisconsin. That doesn't suit the Bears' scheme as much. There will be some schemes where Keanu Benton's going to be a second-round pick likely tomorrow that people are going to be extremely excited about. He's not exactly what the Bears, I think, are looking for, though. So there's a B.J. Ojulari, who may be a guy who is an outside linebacker, potential pass-rushing defensive end type out of LSU. Is that a player the Bears could potentially value there on the outside? Or Adetamoa Adabare, the defensive lineman from Northwestern, mainly played defensive end for the Wildcats. He was one of these players who, you know, He's more than a moldable lump of clay. He He's just snap in, snap out, graded out at a high level. Like he's technically very sound football player, but then completely just burst onto the scene with the athleticism that he showed at the Senior Bowl and then at the NFL Combine. Most folks, myself included, I called a bunch of his games while he was at Northwestern. I didn't realize the movement skills that Adetamu Adebare ended up showing there, running a 4-4 in the 40 faster than any one of his size had ever run at the Combine. 
if he's anywhere near the Bears when they get into the second round, that's the type of player that I could see them even maybe trading up a couple of slots to make sure they get. Yeah, the uh, Bears with two second-round picks, number 53 and 61. Then they come back in the third round with number 64. And so, again, 53, 61, and 64, the scheduled picks in rounds two and three. And we'll have coverage right here on 670 The Score. In a moment, as delivered and promised, we will go to the phone lines at 312-644-6767. Sean Sears doing a great job producing our program tonight until midnight. This Chuck Swirsky along with Anthony Heron. The Bear is celebrating the 10th overall pick. Darnell Wright from the University of Tennessee. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 